Hello and welcome to these Warwick podcasts. Today I'm joined by Ms Brenda King, Chief Executive of AC Diversity, a charity founded in 1990 to help the educational and economic development of the African and Caribbean communities in the UK. She's also a member of the specialised section in Employment, Social Affairs and Citizenship of the Brussels-based European Economic and Social Committee. In 2004, she was awarded an MBE for her work on diversity and today she's awarded with an honorary MA. So, first of all, uh, congratulations on receiving your honorary MA. Um, How does this make you feel? Well, I I am very proud and very overwhelmed. I do feel it's a very great honour, especially from a university that I went to, you know, over 20 years ago. Um, So how important are such awards and distinction um, for helping your line of work? I think it's um, very important for raising the profile and it's it's nice to get the recognition, not just from from me, but for the team that works with me um, in the area of work that we do, where we try to get uh, bright children from um, disadvantaged backgrounds, but bright children that are not normally who get to university to help them to get there. So it's enormously rewarding, but it's extra special to get recognition for it as well. Um, is there a notable impact of you know, distinctions on your work? Yes, there has been a, a notable impact. I mean, we've been very lucky. We do a four-year program, so because we realise when you're working with students who are underrepresented, underrepresented at these types of universities, you need a long-term program and you need to be interacting with the students regularly because there's so many barriers out there that stop them from getting to universities like these. So we have been very lucky because we have um, now quite a bit of support from the university itself, Warwick especially, and also we get quite a bit of support from firms um, in the City of London who agree, who volunteer their time to mentor the students over the period that they're in the programme, and they provide these students with information and networks that they probably wouldn't get access to. Um, what existing problems are there with, say, diversity in higher education and what, what work remains to be done? Well, um, now, I, I don't want to seem to be critical of state schools or the teachers in state schools because I've, I've come across some wonderful teachers um, in state schools, but for the students that go to a number of state schools, they don't seem to get the correct information in terms of um, when, they, when they think of their career choices because some of them do have aspirations. But if they want to, to work or even go into start their own business, even do a, a vocational course, the information that they get, for whatever reason, is very poor. So they, And because of that, they make some not good choices. They don't make good choices in terms of A-level, the types of A-levels. They're not clear on what is the entry requirement to get into the tertiary tertiary institution of their choice um, for whatever um, career path they want to go through. And then they're not clear, they don't know what firms they are looking for in the area that they want to get into. So they they have that lack of information, so they just get, you know, they get shunted through the system and then they come up the other end and it's very difficult to find work, etc., because they they didn't make the correct choices at, you know, age 15, 16, and that's because they don't have 
access to that information, maybe because their parents probably haven't gone on to further or higher education, um, maybe because they don't have, if you want to be an architect, they don't know someone in their um, circle, um, their network, who happens to be an architect who can give advice. So for, for a variety of reasons, they don't have the information. But even when they get the information, sometimes schools, I guess, I don't know if it's, a, if it's a cultural British wise, but they try to, you know, to to lower their expectations. So they will say things like, "Oh, don't apply to work because, you know, given the school you've been to and your postcode, they wouldn't want someone like you." So even when you get them to aspire, there's, you know, there some schools are trying to push them away from the choices that they may want to make. So there's a number of barriers in the way. Um, how is the recession impacting on your work, especially with so many people trying to get into higher education at the moment? Well, in terms of um, the charity, we have been lucky because we've got our, our sponsors still on board. Now, we have some students who, who are coming out of university, um, and some of them, the best ones, are getting job offers or are getting internships. But others who would have gotten it when, they was, you know, when, it was, when the economy was doing well are not um, getting either the job offers or the internships that they were expecting. And so they have to look at some other options. I think some of them are taking gap years and using the opportunity to travel or using the opportunity to go on to do a master's, you know, to study further. So, yes, it, it, it is difficult. Um, recently, the Prime Minister Gordon Brown came in for some stinging criticism about having so few women in senior positions in government. Um, what do you think of this? Well, quite well, when you look at the number of women in cabinet, I guess it's correct that he has come in to some criticism. I used to be a commissioner on the Women's National Commission, so um, I, I, I read um, Patricia Ewart's remark because she used to um, be the person responsible for the Women's National Commission, I, and, I, and so I know her and I put a, a lot of value in what she said, so there obviously is an issue. But on the positive side, um, Harriet Harman now has responsibility for the Women's National Commission. I think Harriet Harman, I think, is excellent. She's determined and she's focused. And more importantly, she's quite senior. She's not just in the cabinet, but she's a senior person in the cabinet. And I'll go further to say that um, I'm very pleased that she is the senior person in the cabinet who was elected by the Labour Party, you know, when they had the elections a couple of years ago, you know, she fought for and won um, the position of being the deputy leader of the Labour Party. So I think in Harriet Harman, we have an excellent champion for women's causes within the cabinet. And if there's something that needs to be corrected or to be done, um, we have her there and I'm sure something will be done to increase the number of women in, gov uh, in government positions, ministerial positions, and in the cabinet. Um, what's, what's your opinion on President Obama's recent visit to Ghana, and do you think uh, Africa in particular stands to benefit under the new administration? Well, I mean, I think Obama has promised that America would double the aid 
to Africa. So I think in that sense, yes, Africa in general will benefit um, from the new administration. But what I think was wonderful about um, President Obama going to Ghana was stating the reason why he chose Ghana over some other obvious African countries. Um, and he, he was very clear. He was talking about you know, the transparency. He was talking about good governance. He was talking about the importance of having strong institutions instead of strong men. He was talking about the importance of including the citizens. And I thought that was absolutely fantastic coming um, from an American president. And, and I think it sends a clear message um, to those African leaders who probably don't follow those particular rules. Because I, I'm on the European Union and I'm on the African Caribbean Pacific EU committee and we had an African strategy that was launched by the Portuguese presidency in 2007. And people seem to be a bit hesitant to mention these things. They think about you know, our colonial past, etc. But I was very pleased that Obama was you know, brave enough to say it, but maybe he was in a position to say it because his father is from Kenya, so that gave him a strong position. But it needed to be said. So I think in the long term it would be good for Africa because he's straight speaking and he's making it clear that he'll be given aid, but there'll be some conditionalities in terms of good governance. And, um, and choosing Ghana for that reason, because they have been an, uh, an example of good practice in the area of democracy and transparency and good governance.